Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast, Explore and Engage with Anam. I want to start this episode by saying that we must continue to pray. We must continue to pray for the people who have been affected by the recent earthquake, the people of Turkey and Syria whose lives have been um, so adversely affected by the major earthquake, widespread property damage, collapsed buildings, tens of thousands of lives lost. It is heartbreaking to see the images coming out of uh, the region. Nature cannot be controlled. There's no way to stop an earthquake. There's no way to prevent a hurricane. There's no way to uh, stop a cyclone. There's no way to stop um, a flood. Nature is always going to be more powerful than us. And natural disasters will happen. There's no way we can stop these. But what we can do, what we can do is plan ahead. Be prepared. What we can do is utilize the latest technology that's available to us to make sure that we're, we are constructing buildings in a way that, that would help, even if to some extent, help withstand the impact of an earthquake. We have to plan ahead and be prepared and utilize the latest technology to make sure that in the event of a flood or a hurricane, that we can move people to safety. We have to do everything we can to make sure that lives can be saved and property damage can be minimized. Nature cannot be controlled. As I said, nature is always going to be more powerful than us, but as human beings, we have to try our best we have to do the best we can to save lives and to minimize property damage. And I also wish to add that we have to continue to pray. We have to pray for our loved ones. We have to pray for people in our community. We have to pray for people in our country. We have to pray for the people of this world. We have to pray for everyone so that we all can live in peace and we all can be there for each other. I saw how the world rushed to help those who were affected by the recent earthquake. People from all over the country, people from the United States, people from many other countries around the world sent help, sent people to help with the rescue efforts and also sent help to make sure that those who were impacted by the earthquake and continue to um, continue to recover, continue to get uh, food and the basic necessities that they need uh, to go on with their lives. And so, you know, I, I think any major natural disaster, on one hand, we see the we, we see the damage and the loss and the devastation, and that's heartbreaking. But on the other hand, we see the kindness and the compassion of the human heart. After any major natural disaster, we see how people, others, rush forward to help those in need. 
And that's the strength of humanity. That's what I believe in. So we must continue to pray and we must continue to be compassionate and kind and we must continue to be prepared and use the latest technology, use our knowledge and skills to make sure that while we cannot prevent a natural disaster, we can certainly try to keep people safe and to prevent property damage. Now that brings me to my next point, which is a crisis that we are experiencing here in the United States. We are experiencing a crisis in the law enforcement and uh, fire in law enforcement agencies and fire departments. These agencies are having a really difficult time recruiting new people. So as uh, the needs in our communities grow, law enforcement agencies and fire departments are having a really difficult time recruiting new people. And if they can recruit new people, they are having a hard time retaining uh, those, uh, those individuals. This is a crisis because we depend on law enforcement and firefighters and paramedics every single day. As a community, we depend on them. Whether it's a medical emergency, whether it's an incident of a, of a crime, whether it's a, a fire that breaks out, um, whether it's uh, something else, we need emergency responders. In the case of an emergency, we need emergency responders. And therefore, we have to make sure that these agencies, these departments, have the people that they need to continue to provide excellent and timely and high-quality services. And that's why it is a crisis, because now law enforcement agencies and fire departments, they are struggling to fill the jobs that are available. So there are jobs available, but there are not enough people to fill those jobs. And even if they can find people to fill those jobs, then uh, agencies have a hard time retaining those people. So this is a real crisis that we are facing because in order to ensure excellent public safety, we need to make sure that we have enough police officers, enough firefighters, and enough paramedics um, to serve the community. So that's a crisis that um, is an ongoing issue, and I'm hoping that as a society we can come up with some solutions uh, to these problems. And once again, I, I need to highlight this as I have done in the past. I am a strong supporter of our police officers and our firefighters and our paramedics. I have lots of respect for the emergency responders and uh, the work that they do. So, you know, um, I just want to say thank you to our emergency responders. Now, I do wish to talk about one more thing that is connected to uh, emergency response, but it's not here in the U.S. It's in the context of a foreign country. Um, once again, I'll talk about Bangladesh. And that is because there was a recent incident there that I 
uh, read about in the news and I watched some videos on the internet too, um, news updates, you know, uh, about a fire that broke out. So there's a very affluent community in the city of Dhaka in Bangladesh and that community, it's called Gulshan, that's the name. And in Gulshan, there was a major fire in a residential building major fire in a residential building and it took many hours to bring the fire under control and now there are lots of questions about how the fire started and why a lot of the people in that building were not able to escape what ended up happening is a, a few people actually jumped from the building and fell down and people also lost their lives um, doing so and it's it's a major tragedy and now there are lots of questions about the fire hydrants and the emergency response and why it took so many hours to bring the fire under control, what went wrong, what could have been done in a better way. And I'm sure that there will be investigation to, um, to look into the details of what went wrong and what could have been done differently to save lives and to uh, combat the fire uh, more efficiently. But my whole point is that as we look at uh, this tragic incident in Bangladesh and as we look at many other tragedies in different parts of the world, we have to realize how fortunate we are in the United States, how fortunate we are to have such excellent, dedicated um, emergency responders and uh, people who are skilled, people who are trained, people who are knowledgeable, and who are brave, and they do excellent, they provide excellent services. When we need emergency services, we call 911, and police officers are there, paramedics are there, firefighters are there, and we can expect um, emergency responders to respond within minutes, you know, within minutes from making a, a, a 911 call. And what we must do, and I emphasize that again, what we must do as a society is to make sure that we are uh, giving the support that our law enforcement agencies, that our fire departments need, that as a society we are showing our support and showing our gratitude to them and helping them recruit and retain uh, professionals so that we can continue to have excellent services in our society. Otherwise, otherwise, our public safety will be at risk. So with that, I want to move on to a different topic, but it's another crisis that I think I need to talk about, and that is the crisis of child care, the child care crisis. Now, some of you may know about this already. Maybe you've read about it in the, in the news. Maybe you have um, watched a documentary on it. Maybe you have heard um, family members or friends talk about it. But there is a child care crisis in our country. There are not enough people to take care of children. Now, Obviously, I believe that it is the parents' responsibility to take care of children, 
But in our country, in many households, we see that both parents are working. So it's not just one parent who is going out and working, whether uh, it's a job or a business. It's not just one parent going out and earning an income, but both parents are going out and working. And then the question naturally would be, who is going to take care of the children? And now I think the crisis is even greater because, because of inflation. You know, prices have gone up. Families cannot, uh, you know, keep up with the rising cost of goods and services. Many families are exceeding their monthly budgets. And therefore, um, people are actually uh, working more than usual in many cases. So e even when both parents are working at a job, maybe now one of the parents is uh, maybe working the weekends at a part-time job to add some extra income to their budget. And so that makes it even more difficult to take care of children when, when mom and dad are out working. And then, of course, in many cases, it may be a single family, uh, it may be a single parent household. Um, it, 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 many families are struggling, and we have to make sure that children are taken good care of. So what is the solution? I don't know, but I pose this as a question because I want your thoughts and comments. I want to hear from you about what you think should be done to address the child care crisis. Now, there's obviously another crisis. It's not just the child care crisis, but it's also the caregiver crisis for senior citizens. As we know that the United States has an aging population, which means that we have a growing number of senior citizens and not enough young people to take care of the senior citizens. And then many seniors end up being lonely they have many unmet needs. They may need um, help with their day-to-day -day activities, but there aren't enough people to provide those services, and that creates greater crisis. So on one hand, we have a child care crisis, and then on the other hand, we have a caregiver crisis for senior citizens. We as a society, we need to urgently think about these issues, and we need to come up with feasible solutions to address these. And I am I'm highlighting these issues in my podcast and I'm I'm asking you to share with me what you think the solutions can be. So I would uh I would encourage you to connect with me on social media or through my website. You can go to tossifanam.net. That's my website. Send me a message, uh find me on social media, uh send me a message, uh leave a comment and uh, share with me your thoughts, okay? Now, there are a few other things I wish to cover in this episode, um, and one of those would be the local elections. Local elections. Now, in Wisconsin, yesterday, I went and voted in the spring primary as a United States citizen. It is my right to vote, it is also my responsibility to vote. So I took my photo ID, I went to the polling location, and I cast my ballot 
for um, um, I cast my ballot for the spring primary. The race that everyone is talking about here in Wisconsin this spring is the race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Now, in the spring primary, there were four candidates on the ballot, and based on what we know, two of the candidates were supported by uh, people with uh, uh, people who are liberals, and two of the candidates were supported by people who are conservatives. And so two uh, liberal-backed candidates, two conservative-backed candidates. And so I went and voted, and, you know, it's really an important thing that we must do. We must vote. And I have emphasized that over and over again uh, for many years that as U.S. citizens, we have the right to vote and it is also our responsibility to vote because by voting, we are making our voices heard. We are participating in the electoral process. And this race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, this is such an important race. This is such an important race because the, because the control of the court is going to be decided by who is going to win. Is it going to be a liberal majority court? Is it going to be a conservative majority court? And so that's what we will find out in April. So yesterday it was the spring primary. And then in April, it'll be um, the main election. So yesterday, there were four candidates on the ballot uh, for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And as the night ended, we learned that um, only two candidates uh, made it to um, the, the next round, the final round. And out of those two, one will be uh, a justice on the Supreme Court. And so... The election that's coming up in April, it is so important. It is so important. So if you are here in Wisconsin, if you are a U.S. citizen living here, um, I encourage you to go out and vote uh, in April. And I actually have a podcast episode that I published a few months ago in which I talked about the reasons why we must vote. The reasons why we must vote. So if you need a refresher, go and listen to that and share with me your thoughts and comments as always. And I, I always look forward to hearing, uh, from, uh, hearing from my listeners. And it just, it is so amazing when people contact me and they say, oh, I enjoyed listening to your podcast and, oh, um, I listened to this episode or that episode. And let me tell you, I share my thoughts and opinions in these episodes. And if you disagree with me, if you uh, don't agree with something that I said, well, that's fine. I still want to hear your opinion because my goal is to encourage dialogue. The reason I podcast is because I want to encourage dialogue. I want to encourage sharing of knowledge. And so if you agree with me, agree with something I said, or you like my views, let me know. And if you disagree with me, let me know that as well. Okay, um, we are almost coming to an end here um, uh, for this episode, but I do wish to 
um, mention something else before I conclude, and that is the border crisis. Okay, I have talked about it before, and I'm talking about it again. I have written about it a lot, and I think I will continue to write about the border crisis that we see at America's southern border. I am a strong supporter of lawful, legal, proper immigration. I want foreign nationals to go through the proper process to follow America's immigration laws and rules if they wish to enter the United States, if they wish to come to America to live and work here. I am an immigrant and I followed the process. I followed American law. I followed American immigration process to come here. And here I am. Now I'm a U.S. citizen. I have been, um, uh, I, I got my U.S. citizenship in 2014. And, um, you know, I am a proud U.S. citizen. And I know many other people who came to the United States as immigrants and then obtained citizenship. And they love this country. They are freedom-loving patriots, and, um, you know, um, we want to see the United States always be strong and prosperous. And so immigrants are welcome. Immigrants are welcome, but they must enter the country legally by following our immigration process. What's happening at America's southern border is a humanitarian crisis, is a humanitarian crisis. And so we need, in my opinion, we need to secure the border and we need to make sure that the flow of illegal immigration is stopped. We need to stop illegal immigration. We need to encourage legal, lawful, proper immigration. I think my views are pretty obvious to people. And I am pretty vocal, and I also um, am always willing to talk um, uh, and engage in a conversation, in a dialogue to discuss these important issues. You know, I, I think the issue of immigration is something that I've talked about a lot. As I mentioned, I've written about it, I've talked about it in my podcast, and I continue to do so. Um you know, I think immigration makes our country strong, but immigration must be done legally and through the proper process. And we must stop illegal immigration. We must secure the border and stop the flow of undocumented immigrants. So with that, I will end my episode here. As always, I encourage you to connect with me and share with me your thoughts and comments. And this is season six. I am really excited that I am continuing continuing to publish more uh, episodes in season six of my podcast. Um, thanks for all the encouragement that I continue to receive from my listeners. And uh, I will be back again with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.